Today on the podcast, I share with you my chat with singer, songwriter, and worship leader, Zach Sprouls. We talked about the process of recording his debut EP, Everlasting Arms, how it ties to adoption, and how he produced the entire project for nearly no money at all. It's pretty inspiring. That's today on the CMB Podcast, episode 55. Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Hello and welcome to session 55 of the Christian Music Blog Podcast. This is the podcast serving people of faith who make music. If you're a Christian artist, a songwriter, a Christian music maker of any style or any genre on your journey of creativity, I invite you to jump in with us here at CNB. We're all about responding to God's glory as seen in the person of Jesus in creative ways and in ways that are fresh, in ways that are relevant and on the cutting edge of creativity and music making. Um, we're all about having the broader conversation of what Christian music is, how you define that. We're all about also the, the, the practical side of making the art of music, crafting songs, crafting melodies, lyrics, uh, producing music, and everything that's tied to that. Um, so if you can think of any category or any topic that relates to the life of a Christian musician, then we're going to probably cover it here on the podcast. So I invite you to to jump right in with us, as I said. And if it's your first time checking out our podcast, head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift. And I have a gift that I want to give you, especially those of you who are songwriters. Um, it's my way of saying thanks for checking out our podcast. It's a free PDF and a free MP3 on how I use Evernote to write songs and to organize my entire songwriting process. That's at christianmusicblog.com slash gift. All right. I want to go ahead and get into the uh, content for today, but before I do that, I just have a couple of uh, quick things I want to say. Um, first of all, it is sort of tied to today's content. We have Zach Sprouls on the podcast, as I mentioned in the beginning, and I want to kind of share with you how this unfolded. Um, Zach is on our email list, and he reached out to us through the CMBI Spotlight submission form um, on the website. And I wanted to actually highlight that for those of you who are new to us, if you've been on our list for a while and you may not know about this, it's a place where if you have um, an EP coming out or if you've released some music, um, even if it's just a, just a single or uh, maybe, you, maybe you've released a new website, a new blog, maybe you're doing something really unique and um, it's worth sharing with the rest of the community, I want to encourage you to um, go to this part of our site. Um, it's at christianmusicblog.com slash blog dash interviews. Uh, basically, these blog interviews are with subscribers, fellow CMBites, as we call them, and, and that's a term that was given to um, the CMB person who is a subscriber, and that just kind of stuck back when we started, and it just sort of has, has stuck around. We have about 11 different interviews, guys like Chris Gazy, great um, hip-hop artist from the UK, um, Caleb Ray from out west, I think he's from the uh, northwest part of the uh, of, of the country here in the U.S., um, Jordan Cannell, Sambrosia, Stephanie Boyd, David Dollar. I could keep going here, but um, did one with with a guy called Dobsey, um, out of He's based out of Colorado. Really awesome dude. Putting out some good music. 
and and the last one um, at the time of this recording um, is Modern Day Cure, a great three-piece band from Michigan. And so I really want to keep this going. I really want to get more submissions. We have a, a handful that are still in the pipeline that need to be processed, and um, so it takes a little while for them to, to get done, but I encourage you to, to reach out, and if, if you're listening to this and you've already done that and you have not yet heard from us, please just bug us. Continue to follow up. Um, it, it's probably just a good lesson for you to follow up because that's really important for you as an artist, to, just to follow up with, with everything that you're doing, and, and don't just expect one email or one submission thing to be the, the end of it. Um, but follow up with me and bug me about it. Um, but yeah, really, really love these. They're just, just great. Um, it's a great opportunity for you to... Um, be presented for the community on our site at the blog, and um, you know we're a growing coalition of music makers, and and I, I want to see this go beyond even just these interviews. Um, even now, and this is kind of off the script, but even now, as I'm sitting here recording this, I'm just thinking about all the ideas I've had for CMB, and and quite honestly, it's taken it's taken longer to get there uh, with some of these ideas. Ideas like a private community, a private membership site, a forum for. Um, us sharing songs with each other and doing even weekly um, conference calls and um, webinars and just a much more tightly knit community than just a blog. Because frankly, a blog is really more of a, of an article site, you know, with with different articles and blog posts. Not so interactive as much as like a forum and something that's more exclusive. And that's really where I'd like to head with some of this stuff. But it's just taking a little bit more time to get there because that's a lot of a lot of extra work. Um, to be honest, uh, I'm really trying to balance my time and and and, and really uh, pace myself with all of this. But um, wanted to share that. But but a CMBI spotlight is a great way to get started in some of this. And um, for example, I know that Chris Picasso Gazy that I mentioned him. He was the the first CMBI spotlight that we did. And uh, much later, there was another CMBI spotlight with a guy um, named Dobsy. I mentioned him as well. He, he actually met. Uh, or he got connected with Chris through CMB, and they've collaborated together and done some music together. And um, you should check out their stuff, by the way. And um, anyway, it's just really cool to hear stories like that. And I think there's even more that that I'm that I'm probably forgetting right now. But um, definitely want to encourage you guys who are artists who have stuff to go and submit that. There's a submission form there, and that's that that URL again is ChristianMusicBlog.com/slash/blog-interviews. All right, I've said a lot there. Um, but I say all that again because today's podcast interview with Zach Sprouse kind of came from that. Um, lastly, before we go into the interview here, I wanted to say this just just as an announcement. I'm going to be doing a podcast episode next week, so we'll have two back-to-back here because I, can, I need to alter the schedule a little bit for um, the summer um, since we've been on an every-other-week schedule. Um, there's one interview that I want to specifically do on um, on a particular date, and um, real excited about these upcoming interviews. By the way, I mean we've got guys like Steve Rice coming up pretty soon. Steve is um, the head of a new label um, called Centric Worship, just launched out of Nashville. Um, we're going to talk about music business stuff and and how that's related to worship and the local church. Very excited about that. He's actually a publisher too for Centricity Music, and um, real excited about having him on. But that's coming up. Other people like Stephen Altrogi, um, who's an author and a songwriter. Um, Jenny Owens, if you guys don't know who Jenny Owens is, she is just a remarkable person. She's a singer-songwriter, has been around for years, and um, really awesome to, to get connected with her. 
um, Andrew Peterson um, is coming on the podcast later um, in July and very stoked about about meeting him and, and having him come on. Anyway, and there's a couple of other great artists coming up as well. Um, I won't keep going down that path, but we just um, have some, some, some exciting things coming up here. But anyway, to get on that altered schedule, just to kind of get that going the way it should be going, I'm doing two back-to-back, so you can expect another episode, session 56, to come a week from the release of this episode. All right, so um, yeah. For today's show notes, just go to christianmusicblog.com slash 55 and you'll see everything that we discuss in today's interview along with the different links to um, Zach's music. His EP, Everlasting Arms, has just released last May, and his domain name is zacksprowlsmusic.com, and of course I'll link to that uh, as well as his Twitter and other social media profiles at today's show notes link. Again, that's christianmusicblog.com slash 55. Okay, here's my conversation with Zach Sprouls on the 55th session of the CMB Podcast. Zach Sprouls is on the podcast today. Zach, thanks for for coming on the CMB podcast, bro. Hey, thanks for having me, Nate. Really appreciate it. So um, we were, before I hit record, we were just talking about how we had this uh, memory. I, I So for those of you listening, I, I saw, we're doing video Skype here, and I saw Zach's face. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. We met once. I know it, you know? And, um, and, and then I remember the Sovereign Grace connection, and uh, we, so we reminisced a little, a little memory there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Zach and his wife, Beth, I believe is her name, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, you guys just um, recorded this EP this last May, and um, it's called Everlasting Arms. Yes. And um, really excited about the story behind this. We'll get into the actual recording production process, all the writing, the recording in Louisville, Kentucky. You made a trip out there, I believe. Um, yes. And so I want to hear all During about a that. During a snowstorm, awesome. Yeah. That's, that's so great. Um, but why don't we just why don't you just tell us a little bit about the story behind this and particularly the adoption process for you? Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> just trying to think how far back to go. Um, actually, adoption had been something that uh, the Lord had laid on my wife and I's heart actually before we were married. Uh, we were exposed to actually. Uh, the guy who started to, uh, Together for Adoption, Dan Kruver, was a professor of ours. And uh, so we had kind of followed what he was doing. We listened to some uh, audio from a conference that they did. And through that, the Lord just really stirred our hearts for adoption. Uh, but obviously, we were dating at the time. I think we were almost engaged. Uh, so we were you know, in, a, in a serious relationship. And uh, so we talked about it. We both liked it. And we got married, and we kind of put it on hold while we were trying to pay off some debt, um, wanted to kind of get our feet under us financially before we dove into adoption because adoption is really, really expensive. So uh, that was kind of the, the plan. And then uh, uh, we had some problems having a successful pregnancy. Uh, Beth had a couple of miscarriages and what's called a molar pregnancy. And so through that time, um, I had begun writing some songs, and the Lord was just giving me these, this abundance of songs. And uh, first time I was actually uh, kind of writing songs and completing them and doing that back to back and over and over. And I had 
kind of this repertoire of songs, and I was wondering what should I do with these. And I was entertaining the idea of, of making an album of them. I wanted to do that. I, was, I started praying about that. And right around the same time, uh, uh, Beth and I had started kind of the, the adoption idea went from the back burner to the front burner. And we started thinking about that and praying about it again. And then, uh, you know, wondering if, if now is the time we should, we should take the first step. And uh, a good buddy of mine at church, uh, his name is Brian Tate. He and I do some music collaboration together. Uh, he actually, just in small talking after church one Sunday, said, what if you made the album and used it as a fundraiser for adoption? And it was like the light bulb went off. And I said, yes, that's what it is. So, you know, we prayed about it some more and got a little bit of counsel and and uh seemed like that's what the Lord wanted. So we we took we just kinda took each step by faith and so the first step in that process was um all right, we gotta we gotta make the album. How do we do that? We don't really have any money. And if the whole point of it is to raise money for adoption, it doesn't make sense to go into debt, only to pay off that debt with the first first amounts of money we make from it and then start saving up for adoption. So how can I make it for free? So I started putting some feelers out there with some of my music contacts and friends, and it was like the floodgates just opened up. The Lord really started blessing it, and uh, I was able, just sort of a providential meeting, uh, I had a, a good friend of mine, he's a bass player, uh, he was in town, he's from Louisville, he was in town playing a conference with his band, and we set up a breakfast meeting, and another work of Providence, uh, a guy who's in their band who plays piano and is a producer, his name's Jonathan Bar- Barjona, he had nowhere to go, so he just, he just tagged along with my buddy, and uh, it was at that meeting I brought up the idea of the album and said, hey, what do you, and I knew this guy was a producer, and so I said, hey, what do you guys think of being a part of this album and engineering it and helping me produce it, and they were both like, without hesitation, absolutely, we will do this, and we'll do it for free, because we we love what you're doing, and we want to be a part of it. And not only that, but they're they're connected with Sojourn as well, and so they're like, man, we got we know this guy who can play drums, we know this guy who can play guitar, we know uh, this guy who can awesome. help you record, this guy's got equipment, and sure enough, in the following weeks, all these people have just rallied around this project, all on a volunteer basis to make this thing happen. And um, so cool, yeah. And in the meantime, we were able to make contacts with adoption agencies, and ran into this person who knew the the lead director of this agency, who knew the uh, central person of this agency, and it's just, I mean, the pieces were just falling right into place. That's awesome. And, and Jonathan Barahona, he produced, he produces like Bobby and Kristen Gillis's stuff. Is that did, did yeah. he work on her last? record i think yep. yeah yeah he produced that arranged that yeah that's cool that's awesome that you're linked up they got linked up out there um and i yeah. guess with the the sovereign grace connections we were talking about earlier that that all makes sense too um, yeah so you're currently in are you are you currently still at covenant life out there where are you currently based now i uh, after the internship so i interned at sovereign grace uh for a couple years um uh, finished that up in 2012 um and when I finished that, there's a, a pastor in Northern Virginia who was looking for a worship leader. And uh, we had connected during my time in the internship. And so when the internship was finished, I moved 
over to Northern Virginia, and I'm on staff now at that church. Oh, awesome. Okay. And you're currently worship pastor, or what's your position there? Um, I'm a, they're calling me a pastoral assistant slash worship leader. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's go back to the adoption process. Tell us a little bit more about how that journey has been for you and your wife, and and I guess particularly with music and, and how that's been a great, I'm sure, a great way for you to express your heart as you've been, as you've been going through that. Yeah, well, we... <clears throat> Uh, so the first miscarriage that my wife suffered, uh, I had been in Psalm 63 and, uh, just in my quiet times. And there's a phrase in there that says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. And by that phrase, as soon as I read it then, and even now, it just, it sticks with me. It means so much to me. And, uh, so during the first miscarriage, I started writing a song based on that psalm. And uh, I didn't complete it. Uh, I got about halfway done with it. And then when my wife suffered second miscarriage, uh, you know, as Christians, we'd, we go back to those passages of Scripture that the Lord has used to minister to us. And uh, so I was able to complete the song I had started, and it ended up being the All I Need song on the album. Um, but yeah, so I think to answer your question, um, you know, it was it was a it was several months of just wrestling through. Uh, you know, before we had opened up the question, are we going to start adoption? It was several months of just uh, wrestling with what God had in mind, and and just coming to grips with the fact that God is all we need, that Jesus is all we need, that. Um, that even when we walk through trials and, and sufferings, that uh, He's all we need, and and resting in Him um, provides us the only comfort that we can find. This world doesn't offer us the comfort that we were looking for; only Jesus did. And so, um, <clears throat> it was actually during a uh, a meeting with my pastor and his wife. Um, I think that. Uh, the question of should we pursue adoption really uh, came up and be, and kind of came became clear that this is something we should look into, um, <clears throat> and uh, so we just started praying about it and and working through like it is a lot of questions like is is Beth going to get pregnant again um, and if she does will it be a successful pregnancy and um, you know, if we start adoption and then she does get pregnant, how do we work through all that stuff? Um, uh, yeah, so does that answer your question? Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's, um, I know, I'm sure you guys could talk, or I'm sure you could talk a lot about that because uh, I'm sure it's been a very personal journey for you guys. And obviously, um, I haven't, our, my wife is pregnant with number two right now. And, um, you know, I just, I, we've never walked through a, a miscarriage before, but we have friends who have. And, um, I know that it's a pretty difficult thing. So now it, on the EP, you have five songs. Several of those are hymns. The ones I'm from, I'm unfamiliar with. Number three, for the beauty of the earth. For the beauty is uh, is a hymn rewrite, and actually, um, it's uh, it's the only hymn on the album that I significantly uh, altered the words. In fact, it's more <laughs> it's more my words with uh, a few of the words borrowed from the hymn. Than Sweet. it is the original hymn. Tell us a story about that. Well, um, actually, 
so I'd written the tune. I've actually I'd always liked the hymn. Um, I liked that there was a hymn so beautifully written that just praised God for the beauty of the earth. <laughs> that just praised God for His creation and, and the general revelation of the earth. And um, but one thing that was lacking in the hymn was the gospel, and it was just sort of praise God for uh, the the birds and the trees and the sun and the flowers and brotherly love and things like that and which is great but uh it didn't have it didn't go further than that uh to say that all these things point to a god uh who loves us and sent his son to die for us and this is how you have a relationship with a god who created all these things mm-hmm. so um and when i think about you know the the chorus says um Lord of all, to thee we raise. This is our hymn of grateful praise. When I think about the the thing that makes me want to praise the Lord the most, the thing that, that makes me most excited is the gospel. Is that this God who created all these things wanted to have a relationship with me and made that possible. So I just started writing out new verses, and I, I sketched like, I don't know, three three full pages of different verses and uh, drafts of different ideas of verses, and wanted it to kind of flow from an original. The first verse is an original lyric from the hymn, talking about praising God for His creation. And then I wanted to move into uh, the incarnation, God becoming flesh, then dying for us. And the last verse is um, His resurrection and victory over sin and death, and is one day uh, coming back to redeem creation from the curse. That's awesome. So, well, why don't we talk about the um, the process of production and recording this? You you took a road trip to Louisville. Tell us about that whole journey going there to record with these Sojourn guys. Yeah. Well, I. Um, well, so I had um, my contact was my buddy. Um, his name is Jacob, and he was the guy. He was the he was kind of the front man and organizing everybody and. Uh, lighting a fire underneath everybody and getting them motivated and getting it on everybody's calendar and everything. And um, so a lot of the guys I had never even met before. And so we had, uh, in the Lord's in the Lord's grace, he he he. Uh, we found a weekend where everybody was available, and uh, it just so happened that that was a weekend when a big storm was coming through, <laughs> and uh, so I left a day early to try to miss the storm and actually didn't miss it. So I was driving through more snow than I've ever driven yeah. through in my life. Uh, but it was fun. I, I left a day early, so I had time. Um, but I got there, and uh, we actually used, uh, we recorded at Southern Seminary. And we used some of their facilities and equipment and instruments. And uh, uh, met up with the producer, Jonathan, and uh, my buddy, Jacob. And we actually got another guy named Mark who actually ended up taking the lead in the engineering of the album, a guy I had just met in passing several months earlier. And uh, <clears throat> so we just recorded it that weekend. And and amazing thing was we were trying to record around a youth conference that the seminary was putting on. And <clears throat> so it was going to be kind of chopped up. It was like record the piano here in the chapel, and you've got about an hour, and then you're going to have to leave the chapel because the band's going to come in and rehearse. 
And then we have to be done by four o'clock because we're on the band for the for the the conference. So we're going to have to stop. We'll pick up tomorrow afternoon again. And it was going to be this sort of uh, improvised weekend to try to make this thing happen. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the snowstorm. Uh, one of their main speakers wasn't able to come because of the snowstorm. So about couple hours before the conference was supposed to start, they canceled the conference, oh, wow. which enabled us a whole weekend where everybody who was involved in the album schedule was just completely cleared up, and the building was going to be empty for this whole weekend, and uh, so we just knocked it out in two days. Um, we did all the rhythm tracks, uh, vocal tracks, all the vocalists were there in Louisville, and then... Uh, uh, so we recorded some in, in a practice room <laughs> there at the seminary, and then uh, we did the rest in, a, in my buddy's basement, and, um, and then went home Saturday, and uh, uh, with just acoustic guitar, drums, bass, vocals, and piano, and then uh, we were going to do overdubs in the weeks that followed, and uh, actually the, the electric guitar in the album was done by... Uh, a buddy of mine named Joel, who lives in Vancouver, Canada, and so we just sent the tracks up there to him, and he he laid down some electric guitar stuff, and then they did some organ stuff later, and I did some uh, Wurlitzer stuff later at my house, and um, and then my uh, the guy who I mentioned earlier kind of took the lead on the engineering, I actually volunteered to do all of the editing and uh, mixing of the album, and. Uh, so he did that, and that, I mean, so thankful for him. He put in countless hours uh, doing that and trying to uh, make it sound good and uh, working with, you know, we, we recorded it so fast. Uh, it would have been nice to be there and maybe redo some of the tracks, but he made them, he made them work and love the way the album sounds. So we got him to finish all that up, and then we just we sent it to Nashville for mastering. And that was the only part of the process we paid for. Um, and even then, the company who did it gave us a discount for the purpose of the album. That's awesome. I bet, I'm, I'm sure it feels amazing. Yeah, the, the, uh, the only part in the whole process was mastering as far as what you paid for. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. even the trip expenses were covered by friends and family. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, let's talk about a little bit about how you're um, how you're doing with you know you're raising you're, you're raising money obviously through the sa- through the sales of these, and mm-hmm. um, you're promoting this. Um, how does that work for you as a, as an artist? As, and this is your first project that you've released, I believe. Yes. Yep. And so, tell us what you're struggling with. Tell us what you're doing well. Tell us how how you're encouraged. How the Lord's been working in your heart through this process because I know that after you know the thing is done it's like there's this whole other adventure that you go on after after your recording yeah. is all done and in the can so tell us about that yeah well so I'm thinking of a couple categories to answer your question and the first would just be like spiritual stuff I'm processing and just my inner man stuff that I'm processing post creation of the album and then I'll get into more like the the sales and the marketing and stuff. Yeah, I know those are massive topics. It's a huge question, so take your time yeah. and whatever you'd like to share. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I never, like you said, it's my first like project that I'm releasing to the world. And, uh, you know, an artist, 
an artist's art is um, a projection of himself, and uh, and an artist has a lot of a lot of his soul wrapped up in his in his art, and um, so there's you know for me when I when I was making the album, um, it was a it was almost a daily battle just laying it at the Lord's feet because I was dealing I was working with volunteers, um, and so there was a lot of things I couldn't just be really firm on and just lay the line down and say this is how I want it, uh, and that's not to say it didn't end up being what I wanted it to be. It ended up being better than I thought it was going to be because the Lord brought just great guys around me, but. Um, I'm so thankful for him, but you know that. But that was a, that was a struggle, and just laying that down at the Lord's feet and saying, you know, this isn't about me. It's not about my self-expression. <laughs> There's no, you know, the. I think the root issue for me is always, um, I try to find my identity in what I produce, and so I'm not, you know, I'm not a good person. I'm not a successful person if my music isn't good, if my music isn't successful, if my music doesn't turn heads and wow people, that's, that's, my, that's my struggle. Mm. And I just have to daily lay that at the Lord's feet. So when the album was released, um, you know, that was a struggle because uh, some you know, people were saying really nice things about the album and a lot of people were sharing it. But in some contexts, you know, I was wowed by the response and just so grateful and and humbled and encouraged but then in some contexts it was like why isn't it moving forward why why isn't it turning more heads why aren't more people saying this why didn't you know so and so say so and so say such and such about the album or whatever and and just really reading into it even um yeah and just you know struggling with that in a new way after the album was released and so i actually talked to my pastor about that and he uh, he said, nobody, uh, you should not expect people to buy the album uh, or promote it. It's not uh, to expect that of people, to de- almost demand that of people is wrong. And, um, you know, I just, I realized that it was just a pride thing in my own heart and that I just wanted to to promote myself and I wanted and I wanted people to like me and I wanted the likable part about my my art to be promoted and liked and and all that and um, just had to crucify that and uh, I think all musicians need to be reminded that it's not their their music or their art that they find their identity but as a Christian our identity is first and foremost Jesus and he is the one that we are found in. He's the one who, when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. Mm. And, that's, and that's what our identity is. It's, it's an identity that never changes. You know, God's love never changes for us. His favor never changes on us. And, and no matter what my album does, God still loves me, and that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> yeah. um, his steadfast love is better than life. And... Um, so as far as um, the other category, to answer your question, um, <clears throat> you know, I had, uh, well, I'll be honest, this podcast has really been a help to me. 
in this process because I discovered this podcast shortly after you guys started, and which is about the time I was writing songs and and starting that recording process, and so it just fed my uh, just all the questions I had hmm. about what steps to take and how to go about it and who to look for and how to market and all those practical things. All those questions were being answered on the podcast, and so. Um, I was just listening to you guys and moving forward with it. And uh, <clears throat> so once the album was released, um, uh, so we had a, an album release party slash fundraiser mm-hmm. where uh, I teach at a music center part time. And they just opened up a really nice performance room. And the owner of the music center let us use it for free. Awesome. Uh, Wow. And even gave us uh, some of his staff and his manager to run sound and everything for it. And uh, so we had this this big event where we invited our church family, my students, friends. Had a singer-songwriter couple from Maryland come out and open for me. And some of my students opened for me. Just turned into, tried to turn it into a really fun evening where the album was going to be sold before three days before it was released. And uh, you just donate your money and you and you receive the album so you donate any amount you can and you receive the copy of the album and we sold ticket sales as well and we made a lot of money from that event and uh, was really grateful for that we made enough of that event to start uh, the first step in the, the adoption process which is the home study and uh, mm-hmm. so praise, Lord really God. provided that's so great yeah. wow and then um, so we got physical copies that been trying to sell around town and uh, send out to people and then uh, uh, selling mostly through Bandcamp, though it's available on all streaming sites and, and digital stores. Uh, but trying to go through Bandcamp because that's where I can collect email addresses to mm-hmm. try to fill up the uh, a newsletter <laughs> at some point. Okay, um, I was going to ask, so, you, um, so you're planning to do a newsletter at some point, you haven't started yet. Yeah, uh, I want to do that. Uh, I got to find the time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to do some kind of some kind of newsletter that not only connects me with with people who like my music, but also provide updates on the adoption process yeah. and whatnot. Excellent. And so, um, so I wanted to. So Bandcamp's kind of been my primary go to place to to encourage people to buy the album. Not only because I can collect email addresses, but people can donate extra mm-hmm. through Bandcamp if they want. And all the album credits are there, too. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, I really wanted to support the people who were involved in the album as much as I can. So if they go to Bandcamp, they can see those names and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, that's how, I, that's how I discovered a lot of the stuff um, there as well. So that's your primary website as well, ZachSprowlsMusic.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a website. Oh, you actual- do? I, well, I did, oh, and did? I, it was um, <laughs> it was geared primarily for uh, students find, finding students. Like a marketing site where I could hand future students a business card, they could go to my website and find out more information. Um, oh, yeah. So it's geared towards getting new students. But since I'm since I'm doing different things now, um, I've just taken down the site, and I haven't had time to mm-hmm. remake it and. Um, uh, so now ZachSprawlsMusic.com sends you to the Bandcamp page. 
What's it like as you're juggling? I mean, just hearing you talk, I mean, you're doing a lot of different things between um, part-time at your church, mm-hmm. part-time at this music center teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you're pursuing the artist thing. Um, you're, you're in the process of, of going through an, an adoption or, I guess, a home study. That's the preliminary thing for adoption yeah. with your wife. There's just a lot happening. How are you, how are you managing your time? How are you juggling things day to day? Boy, that's a big question. Um, a good one. One I've really, really, really been wrestling with, even in the last two weeks. Um, so, I, uh, in addition to the things you mentioned, I also make uh, I, I do some side work making uh, chord charts, lead sheets, and piano scores for songwriters. And uh, something I did for Sovereign Grace while I was interning there, and I've just continued to do for others. Um, and all during the time of making this album, um, I got a bunch of big jobs for the charts thing. Um, I was making the album by myself, I mean, with the help of other people, but I was, you know, I didn't have like a label who was helping me with all the admin of it. And uh, working part-time at the church, teaching, and keeping up all the other things I was doing. And boy, I tell you, (laughs) uh, it it was the toughest several months of my life. Um, and I felt like, you know, I knew it was going to be a busy season going in and I, and I prayed and I was really seeking to trust the Lord through it and allow him to guide me and, and leave results to him. Um, but by the end of it, I was just beat. And so last couple of weeks I've been, um, just wrestling with, you know, when I, when I go through another season like that, cause life only gets busier, um, uh, you know how am I gonna how am I gonna handle it, and uh, how do I how do I balance all the things all the plates I feel like I'm spinning right now, mm. and uh, I think the I guess just to sum up answer the question uh, read a couple of books that have been really helpful, um, good to great, uh, helped me understand that uh, you need to have a, a hedgehog principle, mm-hmm. sort yeah. of one th- one thing that that you're all about and you just stick to that. You don't get confused. You don't get cluttered with other things. And then uh, read a book uh, called What's Best Next by Matt Perman, hmm. who is a former Desiring God employee. And uh, he wrote a book on the gospel and productivity. That sounds great. And, wow. uh, yeah, and a lot of good stuff in that book. And one of the things that really hit me was you, you segment, he, encouraged, he encourages his readers to segment their life into roles. So you, you have your family role, your, like, your husband, uh, father role. You have your work role. Um, for me, it is <clears throat> you know, my husband role, my future father role. My, um, those are one. Uh, my church role, my artist role, and my charts business role. Um, in my teaching role, and there's, I've got there's a lot there. Um, and then he said, you just figure out what it is God's called you to in those roles. You define, you write underneath those roles what it is you're supposed to be doing, what your mission is for each of those. And then he said, uh, write out a mission statement for your life, and then allow. And, and he said, take some time to do that, pray about it, seek the Lord in that, find out. And that's usually, you know, a lot of people will talk about your calling. Your mission is usually integral, integrally related to your calling. And so you, 
you wrestle with that, you come with a mission statement, and then you figure out how your roles are going to fit in with that mission statement. And then you, and then you take all that sort of paperwork, uh, big picture concept stuff, and you plug it into a weekly calendar. And you say, all right, and you, and you block schedule. You say, here is a chunk of time where this stuff is getting done. And when, it's, when that chunk of time is over, it's over. I move on to the next thing. And you say, how many hours a week can I work? Uh, what, what can I handle? Um, how much time do I need to be with my family? When do I need to cut things off? When do I need to go to bed? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And you just put that in your calendar and you stick to it. And you just trust the Lord for the results. And if you're doing too much, then you need to cut things out. And uh, so I found at a practical level, block scheduling is, is already huge for me. Um, and, and just saying, here's the block of time where I do church stuff. Here's the block of time where I do church stuff. Here's the block of time where I teach. And when those blocks are done, it's done. And what gets done, I just entrust the Lord. And what didn't get done, I entrust the Lord and move on. Yeah, the trust the Lord part. I mean, that's, I think that's so important for people, especially those type A folks who are just so driven and, and you know, they, they measure their success by how much they got done, you know, how productive they yeah. were. Yeah. Um, it can be very, very uh, tricky there. That's, that's where I'm very tempted myself. And, but just trusting God for the outcome and, and uh, surrendering it all to Him, that's so important. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think, I think Americans have a tendency to believe the lie that um, we're productive when we get more things done. And that's not, that's not true because that just leads you to be busier and busier and busier and busier. And you may not even be busy doing the right things. But we think if we're getting more things done, the more we're getting done, the more to-dos we're checking off, the more successful and productive we're being. Mm-hmm. And that's really not the case at all. In fact, um, I'm reading another book now called No More Dreaded Mondays by Dan Miller. I think I and, saw that somewhere on, on social media or something. Yeah, and another fantastic book. But he says, if you go through life and you never spend time with your family, you never enjoy the sunrises and the sunsets, you never have days off, you never rest, are you, is that really a successful life? I mean, really? That you're missing out on the greatest moments of life and... Um, so, yeah, success is really should be defined, and productivity should be more defined by uh, what God has called you to do and how you're moving forward in that. Did you read um, Mahaney's little biblical productivity guide? It's like a, it's a really small little book. It's not, I mean, he would probably not even call it a book. It's like, you know, two or three chapters or something. But Yeah, it's I've really seen good. it. I haven't read it. Yeah, yeah it's all about... Fruitfulness, effectiveness, like the real thing that, you know, lasting fruit and all that, not just, you know, getting a lot of things done, you know, but Mm -hmm. and very gospel centered as well. It's good. Well, Zach, this has been really awesome to have you on the podcast. Um, Let's just go over again where folks can find you, where they can find uh, the new EP and and how they can donate and be a part of what you're doing. Yeah. So the EP is available at Bandcamp um, and you can just type in. ZachSprowlsMusic.com. Um, if you need to know how to spell the last name, it'll be in the show notes, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then uh, I've, uh, on Twitter, uh, just Zach Sprouls. Um, Facebook, Zach Sprouls Music. Um, 
same as the web address. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, just even for me, I would sure love to see you. I mean, and I know that you have so many things on your plate, but if you put together like a little blog or something where you just chronicled your journey, you and your wife just talking about the process and. I know yeah. that even those who listen to this would love to kind of keep updated on everything. So we're all yeah. anxiously awaiting that when you do that. So Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast, Zach. Yeah, Nate. Thanks for having me. For today's show notes, just head over to christianmusicblog.com slash 55 You'll see the different highlights of our conversation and links to the various things mentioned in our interview today. And, of course, where you can find his new EP, Zach's new EP, Everlasting Arms, and uh, be a part of, of their journey as they explore adoption and and just the exciting thing that, things that are ahead for them. So, again, that's christianmusicblog.com slash 55. All right, that's it for session 55. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast, for listening up to this point. I just want to remind you again, if you're a songwriter, I really think this free gift will benefit you in your songwriting, just helping you become more organized and more peaceful in your approach of creating, um, combining, I should say, inspiration, um, how you capture inspiration, and then how you craft songwriting, and the system that I use for that in the wonderful app called Evernote. Um, That's what I call the Evernote songwriting method, and again, that's over at christianmusicblog.com slash gift. All right, I'm going to send you guys out with this beautiful song on Zach's new EP. It's called All I Need um, on his new EP, Everlasting Arms. We'll see you next week. I'm going to be back again. As I mentioned, um, we're we're just altering the schedule a little bit, but um, we'll be back next week and then back on an every other week's schedule. You guys have a great week. We'll see you soon. God bless you guys, and uh, thanks so much. Adios. In the shadows you are there